This is Calm and Cozy, episode 68. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. I am pleased to introduce you to my uh, newest Instagram sleep buddy, Dr. Diane Hespel-Johnson. Welcome to the Common Cozy Podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I have been a fan for a long time, so I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a fan of yours as well, and today's topic is, this is actually the first time that I've ever had any talk about hypnosis and sleep. So this is pretty cool. Um, I have to say, I'm. This is mostly for me, and then I'm. I'm just gonna let everybody listen in. <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> because that. Because I find this this is very interesting, and I've never looked into this. I've never heard about it before. So, uh, Dr. Diane's going to talk about self hypnosis, and the connections with sleep and insomnia. And so, if you can just give us an intro, quick intro. Um, about you and what you're doing, how you serve clients? Yeah, um, I am a psychologist and hypnotherapist and somatic experiencing practitioner. So I work with trauma and how the body holds stress and anxiety and things like that. And hypnosis is pretty much my favorite thing, hypnosis and sleep, um, because I often think, um, I started out as a artist, as a, like you, as an artist and a designer. And um, I often think that art is the career that I chose, but healing is the career that chose me. (laughs) And um, I started out with having a lot of health issues, pretty severe chronic health issues and very, very severe insomnia um, and sleep issues from, from as far back as I can remember. And when I was in graduate school, I found hypnosis. I I got trained in hypnosis and I started doing self-hypnosis pretty much right away just because I had so many health issues and um, it completely changed my sleep and it changed my health very dramatically. So it it started me on a path where I'm really passionate about teaching people self-hypnosis so that they can transform their own sleep. And I think hypnosis kind of brings the path of sort of like the healing path um, into the realm of the unconscious, right? Which is all this kind of artistic imagery. So I think that's how it bridges for me. Does that make sense? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) My only um, knowledge of hypnosis is probably similar to a lot of people who are pretty ignorant about it. It was uh, in college when (laughs) a hypnotist came to the cafeteria and hypnotized, asked for volunteers, and it was mostly guys, hypnotized them all, and they were clucking like chickens and doing weird things to each other and stuff like that. So is that that's pretty common, right? Like that's what most people think it is. That would be like the hypnosis of other people. Um, yes, yes. I, I don't actually, I have never made somebody cluck like a chicken. I'm pleased to say. <laughs> There's the first so time for saying, everything. <laughs> but you know, we are on the podcast, so let's see how we, how it goes. 
Um, so yeah, actually when I was in college, I went to a similar uh, stage show and um, one thing that I thought was really kind of interesting. So, uh, so, you know, those stage hypnotists really only are successful if they choose people who are both um, easily susceptible to hypnosis and also cooperative. Mm. So if you're not really open, like, I don't know how you were when you were watching that show, but for me, when I was watching the show at my college, I was like, I'm not going to no. When he like when he, I think it started with something like he was doing like an arm levitation. He was basically assessing people, this stage hypnotist, to see who was into it and open and um, getting hypnotized most quickly, right? Because if you can't, if he chose someone who's not open to it and isn't having any hypnotic phenomenon, it's not a very good show. So they kind of screen. <laughs> so in my case, I think that they were doing something okay. like an arm levitation on the whole group and. He was just kind of watching to see whose arms started levitating. And then he knew that he had someone who was a willing subject. And so that's oh, the person that he had come okay. up on stage. So um, it's a little different when someone either buys my online self-hypnosis for sleep packages or if they come into my office because they're interested in hypnosis and they're open to the hypnosis. And um, sometimes I get people who who say, oh, I, I, I don't think I can be hypnotized. I went to some hypnotherapist for this issue or that issue. And what if I can't be hypnotized? And I honestly, I mean, uh, I, I've just never met anybody who I couldn't hypnotize. I think partly because it's really the job of the hypnotist to figure out uh, how hypnotic phenomenon work for each individual person. So like the the sleep set that I've designed and that you know, it's online, ha which has a bunch of different recordings, they're all like a little bit different and they all tap into different ways of processing information. Hmm. So maybe if we back up for a second and I can just sort of explain to you like what hypnosis really is. is best yes. No, because there's actually brain studies now that have been looking at it. It's not this kind of, you know, like woo woo thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's how people think of it. But, um, there's actually something that changes in the brain under mm -hmm. hypnosis and in fact creates neuroplasticity, meaning like new um, brain, new paths in the brain. So, you know, you can kind of really shift things in a really um, beneficial way under hypnosis. Kind of like meditation? Like yeah, the more you practice it, the more your brain changes? Yes. And, and no. yes, actually there are brain studies that have compared meditation to hypnosis and there's okay. a little bit of a difference. I um, so what hypnosis really is, is I think of it as like focused attention in a certain way that like allows the background noises and distractions and self-talk kind of like disappear a little bit, which is maybe one of the reasons it's so helpful for, for sleep. Mm. And then also um, the changes that happen in the brain. Um, so it, it, with meditation, it tends to be more alpha waves which is like when you close your eyes and you relax and you're like, oh, I'm on a beach or like I meditate, <laughs> you know, when you meditate, there's this kind of slower brainwave than when you're awake and talking um, or listening to a podcast. <laughs> but, um, but when you go deeper into sleep, as you move towards like 
this, you know, the slower waves um, in the brain, like stage three and stage four sleep, you go into theta brain waves. Mm-hmm. So those are slower brain waves. And um, that is the brain wave that seems to be most prevalent in hypnosis. So that's why I, th- that's one of the reasons I think hypnosis is probably so effective for sleep and for getting qual- good quality sleep. When you talk about self-hypnosis, what would then be the difference between someone being hypnotized by somebody else and then self-hypnosis? Yeah. Is that a pretty deep question? No, that's a great, that's a great question, actually. <laughs> I think that's a great question. I think that's a question that probably a lot of people have. Um, interestingly, I've been a guest on a bunch of podcasts, but nobody's ever asked me that question. So you're the first one, and it's such a good question. Um, so it's pretty much what it sounds like. So hypnosis is when someone is hypnotizing you, guiding you. So there are two ways that people can really be hypnotized. One is in a formal trance state, which is what I think most people think of when they think of hypnosis. You know, I might say, close your eyes and relax and listen to my voice and you know, change my voice and slow it down and those kinds of things. And there's a sort of like a beginning, a middle and an end, right? Or there's also kind of conversational hypnosis and so there are ways to sort of reach the unconscious in a deeper way through kind of different techniques and types of conversation. So what we're, so um, as a hypnotherapist, if someone comes to my office and I'm guiding them, I'm going to, they're going to be listening to my words and um, I'm going to be monitoring what's happening and sort of directing them in certain ways. Whereas with self-hypnosis, um, it's self-guided. So it's just what it sounds like. So um, the, like the sets that I have online are, um, there's also videos and an ebook. So it teaches people how to work with that, with their own attention and their, um, and direct their themselves. And of course they can listen to the audios and they can listen to the audios as long as they want, but they can also learn the, some of the techniques so they can do it themselves, which I think is super beneficial if you wake up in the middle of the night. You know, like one, like one of the things that really bothered me in my own sleep and that I hear a lot from people is sometimes it's people have trouble falling asleep, but a lot of times people will fall asleep okay and then they wake up in the middle of the night and then they have trouble going back to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, they wake up at like three in the morning and they're still tired, but they're, they're wide awake. So that's a, just a different type of insomnia. Most people think of insomnia um, as difficulty falling asleep initially, right. but, but it's also having trouble falling back to sleep. So hypnosis can really help, I think, with that and you know, having techniques that you can do to shift your attention since hypnosis is essentially a way of focusing attention if you learn how that works within yourself, within your own brain and body and nervous system, you can redirect yourself. And I think that's so empowering. I mean, that's what you and I are both wanting to do, right? Is to empower people Mm -hmm. to heal themselves. Yeah. I'm a do it yourself or kind of person. Mm -hmm. So I like to, if I'm introduced to something new, like when I started with meditation, I mostly use meditation just for sleep. Mm-hmm. for when I'm having a hard time falling asleep. I don't really use it in every day. I would like to. Um, but when I first learned how to use it, I did like a guided, I did an app, 
but I, I'm really the kind of person that once I, like, I think, well, I could, I could do that. Or like, I want to be able to do that myself. I need to be able to guide myself in something like this yeah. um, instead of having to depend on somebody else to guide me through it. So yeah, I, I know what you're saying. That would be something that appeals. Like I'm listening to you and I'm like, Oh, I have to check that out. Cause I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> It's not, yeah. yeah. It's great to recommend to clients, but this is definitely something I want to be able to try for myself because I just find the brain is so interesting. We're incredible beings and our brains are just incredible. And it's it's fun when you learn that like there's more than I thought there was. <laughs> this isn't just it. There's more ways to get into that brain and learn yeah. more and self-soothe and sleep better and, you know, ease anxiety so this is very interesting yeah I think it's so you know I um I recently posted a blog um about how I think we can maybe learn from the different types of sleep issues that we that different people have right because um maybe having trouble falling asleep when you know you first get into bed maybe that's what maybe that's sort of like a um, symbolic of some of the other things that are going on in, in that person's life like maybe having trouble with um, transitioning out of being wide awake and active and engaged in the world to kind of moving into a different state and I and you know so then it's kind of interesting to think about like oh is that true in other ways like does that person have difficulty like shutting down their mind like stop thinking about something or you know, in my case, I had, um, I had really severe insomnia, like four to seven hours every night mm. of difficulty wow. sleeping at its worst right before I started hypnosis. And, um, and then I'd wake up every 45 minutes to an hour. And I remember, like, I tried everything and nothing really touched it until I found hypnosis. And I remember, like, saying to myself, I, I cannot think my way out of this. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't, I've asked the best people, I have the best support, I've tried everything and nothing is solving my problem, but my body is trying to tell me something. My body is a miracle. My brain is a miracle. <laughs> it is a miracle just to take a breath and be alive. This, even this act of being able to do all these things when we're awake and then having our heart continue to beat and our breath <laughs> continue when we're sleeping. I mean, it's amazing, you know? So I remember thinking like, my body isn't going to lie to me or lead me astray. It's, mm. it's trying to guide me towards something. And maybe I need to listen to its language and the language of the unconscious and the language of the symptoms rather than tr trying to demand that it listen to my language, to me bossing it around, you know? <laughs> And so I think like that kind of set the stage for me with when I got trained in hypnosis of really kind of wanting to listen to what the specific symptoms are and how they're trying to guide us, you know? So um, that's why when I design the, when I design hypnosis for sleep or even the sets that I, you know, the online sets, I think a lot about like the areas of the brain that get activated, you know, the left and the right brain and the way that sleep moves in these waves, you know, and through these stages, these cycles, you know, there's the REM and the non-REM and the REM and the non-REM and it happens four times. So I think like when you start to think in terms of these rhythms, 
like even when you're when you're lying down and going to sleep and like just riding the waves of that rather than trying to like control the waves you know i think that can be really soothing i want to make a comment about when you were talking about just how like how fascinating it is that our heart still beating while we're sleeping yeah. um I have found that the more that I learned about what was happening to my body and my brain while I was sleeping, the more I loved sleep, mm. the more I wanted to do it. Where when I was having when I was having sleep issues and a lot of insomnia symptoms, I was avoiding sleep and I hated sleep. And it just caused a lot of anxiety. And it was something I didn't want to do because, you know, when you're not good at something, you don't want to do it. Mm. Um, but taking taking that initial course about sleep and learning more about the sleep stages and how cool it is that all these things are happening in my body while I was sleeping made it more of like this is something I want to do and that is so cool that my body does that or I wake up from a dream and go that was interesting like my brain yeah. is like <laughs> sometimes it's like what is going on in my brain but it, it is more of like a fascination with how does my body know how to do all that stuff and so it makes me want to spend more time in bed because I love what's happening when I'm in there <laughs> it's definitely made like sleep more of a friend because because I like what's happening yeah it's so <laughs> incredible I love that like you know I think that in a way what you're saying is so similar you know we kind of arrived at this at um, same point of see it as a friend mm. and like really marvel at it. <laughs> you know, for me, I, I asked myself this question way back when, you know, again, before I started doing self-hypnosis and I was like, isn't it ironic that I'm always tired and I can't sleep? Like that's just, I just still try to wrap my <laughs> head around that of like, wow. And so I was like, okay, the thing uh, to this day, I actually think like the thing for me, that's really kind of my, my driving force behind helping people to sleep better is really actually about this concept of rest. You know, um, I think that we go through our lives and we're always striving to find these kind of quiet places where we can rest. It's like, you know, it starts out when you're, when you're a kid and you get through school and you can't wait for recess or lunch to talk to your friend or to then you know you get home and you do your homework so that you can rest and read a book or you know watch tv or hang out with your friend or whatever it is and then we we as we grow older you know then it becomes these other things too we want to find maybe a part a life partner and then we can rest Whew, i have someone who understands me or we want to save and work so that we can retire and rest or so we can go on vacation and rest. And so there's this idea of being engaged in life and yet resting in it, in that place. And to me, that's what hypnosis provides. It's a little bit different than meditation because when you're meditating, you're in this state of at oneness and non-attachment and you're just, you know, you're being, but then you go back out in the world right? Whereas with hypnosis, because you're using language and you're, and you're, you know, you're using attention in a certain way, you're engaged, you're not asleep, but you're also not awake in the way that we are when we're just going about our 
you know, some of our, the things we do during the day. So I think it's kind of this bridge state. And that's maybe again, also why the states where we kind of remember our dreams or feel like we almost can control our dreams or when we're trying to go to sleep and we're thinking of all of those days to process, you know, all of those moments to process the day, right? All of those things we've done. Those are those kind of bridge states too. And those are those kind of like resting states that we kind of crave. So I think that's why for me in the last 25 years, I, I, I think I've maybe missed 10 times of doing my self-hypnosis. I do it every single day just because I love being in that state of rest. Like I'm, alert, I'm awake, but I'm not awake in the same way that I am during the rest of my day and I'm not quite asleep. And so then I find that it's easier to replicate that when I'm going to sleep if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to know how to do that. Um, <laughs> I wrote down hypnosis equals rest. What does that look like? Like when you say you do that every day, you put yourself in a state of hypnosis. What does that look like? I guess like to compare it to kind of like a, I'm cause I always just think like, okay, well, meditation is kind of the closest thing that I know yeah. Um, and you would think of like sitting quietly somewhere and trying to block out everything else or like in a quiet spot and you close your eyes and I don't really do anything special with my legs. I just kind of make sure I'm comfortable. Is Would self-hypnosis be similar to that or is it something that you can do while you're like walking in the mall or like, is it, I don't know, is it something you have to be still and focused for? Um, yeah, I mean, people go in and out of hypnosis kind of throughout the day. So, so okay. if someone's sort of walking and lost in thought and, you know, the time seems to pass and they don't even notice the surroundings or hear the sounds, they're just so lost in their thought. That's kind of actually a naturally induced hypnotic state. But um, if you want to do hypnosis to focus on something in particular like sleep, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, finding a quiet space. Some people like to, you know, sit up when they do hypnosis. Uh, I actually personally like to be lying down. Um, a lot, of, a lot of people like the the set that I have, which as I said, I think it's it's I think I said it's seven recordings, and there are different ones of different lengths. And one of them is actually just for listening to when someone's going to sleep. So they're lying mm-hmm. down in bed, and it's like thirty minutes okay. and. So sometimes people use it that way. Sometimes people use it um, during the day. For me, I actually usually do my self-hypnosis during the day um, okay. and not so much at night, though sometimes I do a little bit of self-hypnosis at night if I'm having a little bit of trouble with sleep. But mostly I just do it actually during the day. And I find that it just it breaks up the pattern of the day and it, it, it reconnects me to myself. So one thing I think because of... Um, the use of language, which is different from from meditation, it occupies the mind. So for me, I actually learned transcendental meditation when I was like six years old. And um, and I I learned all kinds of different meditations. I was exposed really early to different forms of meditation um, by my parents. And I didn't really connect that much. I think because I have a really active mind and Mm. my mind just would keep going and I just found it kind of frustrating. Um, but with hypnosis, I can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, can you, do you find that when you get it, you know, like that your mind has trouble shutting down when you get into bed? Do you find that? 
Yes. That's why I don't really meditate during the day. Cause I just, I find it's a lot of work and I find it kind of exhausting. Yeah. Um, but in bed seems to be the best time that I can. Mm-hmm. I guess it's too, because I have a purpose. Like I'm thinking I need to calm my brain so that I can fall asleep or during the day. I think sometimes it's, it's like, I, I love rest and I, can also be a very relaxed person and I (laughs) think this is why I also didn't get into yoga is because I thought I'm a little too relaxed I need a little more of the opposite like I need a workout that gets me moving instead of one that has a nap at the end because I'm already (laughs) in that state most of the time anyway so I, I I'm just thinking as I'm talking about this I think maybe that's why I don't know that I find meditation during the day a little rough is because I'm already sleepy. Like I have a little bit of sleep apnea and I I don't need that right now. I don't need to relax more. I need to actually be moving. So I use it in bed to fall asleep because it has a direct purpose. And I know that I'm just using it for maybe a couple minutes. Right. Right. Well, since you're, well, so one of the things that I think of that distinguishes meditation from hypnosis and self-hypnosis is that meditation has the purpose of just sort of at oneness, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like being, clearing your mind or being present with yourself or some variation of that. Whereas hypnosis and self-hypnosis have um, a goal, like a a treatment strategy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So self-hypnosis for sleep is really directed towards helping sleep. And so, Mm -hmm. um, for example, moving through the, the healthy cycles of sleep, you know, the REM and the non-REM and into those slower, deeper waves of sleep or like um, in that set that I was mentioning, um, there's one that's about the respiratory support, sleep self-hypnosis. It's actually maybe my favorite in that set because I just like the imagery in it, but it's really about connecting and bringing a smoothness to the breath I mean, of course, you know, if you have sleep apnea, you, need, you still need to treat that medically, <laughs> but, um, but it's a way of really kind of connecting in an easy way to the breath and, and regulating it. And of course, that's, that goes so nicely with the concept of sleep because it's that wave, those waves, those rhythms, right? You inhale and you pause and you exhale and you pause and um, sleep cycles are like that, right? You have that REM and then that non-REM and then that REM and that non-REM. So it's kind of like an inhale and an exhale. So that's how I always think about it. I think about like all of the, the way these things naturally connect in a, maybe that's kind of a design, the designer in me. <laughs> no, I like it. I was thinking too, it's kind of a, I feel bad for people who, who um, are not open to learning about these things. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think I specifically think of this because I grew up in in church mm-hmm. and I I still believe all those things that I I grew up learning mm-hmm. and believing but I also always wanted to stay open to maybe there are some things <laughs> that are out there that I'm closing myself off to without even understanding it and I always want to understand it first before I make my own assessment so right even just something simple as yoga and meditation and hypnosis are things that for someone growing up in church, they're told we don't get into those. They're weird or or like these aren't things that you want to put into your life. But as I'm learning more about them, I'm thinking 
I actually feel bad for people who who aren't opening themselves up to learning about these things because this is like this is the design of our being like this is Mm -hmm. and if if you believe that God designed you you should be marveling at the fact that God made your brain this way or gave you the ability to be able to like ease anxiety yourself or fall asleep yourself like yeah there it's pretty amazing and to yeah I think that staying open and learning more about these things is is the best thing you can do to try it for yourself before you make an assessment, right? I agree. And actually on my, um, on my website, I have this page. It's probably my favorite page actually on my website. Um, and it's, um, it's about truths about hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of different, uh, different like sort of myths and misperceptions about hypnosis. And one of the things addresses this question that you just kind of brought up this issue of um, concerns about if it's, you know, ungodly or if it's going to, uh, to impact someone spiritually. And it's really um, not, I mean, it's actually a scientific (laughs) phenomenon. It's something that happens naturally to people. It's not, there's nothing unnatural about it. People go in and out of hypnosis all the time, especially children actually. And so it's really about understanding how that happens for you, how your perceptions direct you and you direct your perceptions. Mm -hmm. And so what I have found is, is that um, when I talk to people, particularly people who um, are really devout in whatever their faith is, and I explain to them what hypnosis is and how it works in the body and in the brain, um, we've been able to design hypnosis for them in a way that actually deepens their connection to God and to their faith. And sometimes I, I actually will, you know, will come up with suggestions that are specific for, um, you know, maybe even to bring scripture in or something like that, if that's what they want, because mm-hmm. I really think what you're saying is so profound that recognizing that it's, we're created in this way. <laughs> and so I think in a way, having faith in your faith is you can even you can even deepen that by doing something that connects you to yourself and you know like one of the things that i start out with in maybe in most of the hypnosis that i do is you know just this is your time just to be nothing to accomplish and nothing to prove at this time nothing to worry about and nothing to fear and you're free to experience only what is comfortable and right for you. And so that is the way I kind of always frame it so that it's primed to be something that's going to be supportive to people. Right. That would be a relief right away for someone who's like nervous about that, right? To say, like, yeah. does this mean I'm not going to have my beliefs anymore? Is it going to change what I believe? Yeah. No. I you're, mean, I think you're accepting what you want to accept and yeah. Yeah, and that you're in choice. And when you're hypnotized, um, as I said before, you know, the people who are going to get up on stage and cluck like a chicken are open to doing that, right? Um, And if that's not something you're open to, you're not going to have that experience, um, especially when you're doing self-hypnosis, right? Because you're the boss, you're in the driver's seat. So, (laughs) you know, I think it's, but it's, I think it's, that's such an important topic, you know, for people to really feel like it's going to empower them. It's not going to 
make them do something that goes against what they really believe and, and what's true to their heart. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. How about teaching us a little bit about how to put this into practice or you had talked about having like a short exercise. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> so, um, so maybe what I want to do is just maybe explain to like go through it a little bit. And um, I know sometimes when I, when I um, do something like this, people want to kind of close their eyes and like go into it in that moment, which you know, is totally great, but not if you're driving and listening right. to a podcast. <laughs> don't be watching a baby at this moment. <laughs> close your eyes. Don't like leave the the water on the stove. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't be trying to light a fire. <laughs> no bonfires and hypnosis at the same time. Right. Walking tight ropes. Yeah. Don't do yeah. it. Be in don't. a safe environment. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, I would also just say for people who have certain like conditions, like if, they, if somebody is prone to like PTSD or flashbacks or psychosis or something okay. like that, then maybe they want to, then I actually wouldn't recommend self-hypnosis. Um, if someone oh, okay. has, yeah. If someone has something, a condition like that, um, dissociative disorders and things like mm -hmm. that, then they really want to find a practitioner and work with a practitioner. But um, and we're not going to do like okay. a big self-hypnosis, but I'm more just going to teach you some tips. But I'm just saying if people um, want to do kind of like walk through this with us, then just to make sure that they're in a safe environment to do that. So the thought process mm -hmm. that I had for your listeners was just in, um, in teaching people about how when you direct your attention in certain ways, um, you can have certain sensations and experiences, right? That makes sense. Um, and I think oftentimes as we move through our days, little things actually hypnotize us and we start to believe those stories. So for example, like when we're, when, for me, when I was having really bad insomnia, I think this is kind of a common thing. I would get in bed and my mind would start going and I'd have my to-do list or I'd go over processing all the things that happened in the day. I know you've mentioned sometimes on the podcast, like that you and Jake have like a moratorium against like talking about financial stuff at night before bed. Right. And I think that's so wise because that stuff often gets people to start to worry or think about things. And um, so it's best to kind of like put that aside and do what you guys are doing. And um, but how we direct our attention can have a big impact on how we feel. That's a perfect example of it, right? You start to focus your attention on finances and you start to get a little riled up and that's counter to what you wanna be doing when you're getting ready for bed. So um, sometimes it's hard though to shut down that mind, that monkey mind and that busy mind. And so what I was thinking is, is that um, if, the listeners want to try this when they're getting into bed to just instead closing their eyes to keep the eyes open. And what I have found is, is that when, when the eyes close and the mind starts going, 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 spinning, um, it's like the body starts to rest, but the brain is not resting. And so you have like a split in a way, the mind is in one place and the body is in another place. And that 
makes it harder to control. And then we almost get into get hypnotized by our spinning thoughts. So if you keep your eyes open, your eyes are probably tired, especially in the dark. They're going to want to close. And I say for a little bit, just keep them open and let them try to sort of focus on some spot, even in the dark. Um, and notice that the eyes focusing and then just let them soften. Just let them go into sort of a soft focus and just for a moment, then just kind of close them and notice how the sensation shifts when the eyes soften and the eyes close and then maybe open them again and try to find that feeling kind of in your head in your head, in your scalp, maybe in your face. You can even scrunch up your face if you want to and notice it like a, a hyper focus. And then let it soften. Let those muscles soften. Maybe even let the eyes close again and be like, ah, just feel that relaxation. And you could open those eyes again and do the same thing with the neck, that noticing that tension and then that softening and then that relaxation and move all the way down the body, little by little, opening the eyes and letting them focus and then softening and closing. And you can do this all the way down to the tips of your toes. My guess is, is that most people will at some point their eyes will get tired or they'll get tired of doing this. And then they'll just let their whole body relax and it'll be so much easier to fall asleep. And it kind of occupies the mind, right? So it takes the mind away from that those spinning thoughts. And it also is really building kind of that muscle of uh, being in choice about where you put your attention and then where you soften it and relax it. And I think this might be helpful to people. I also, as you know, um, on my Instagram, I actually, every Tuesday, I put out a little Tuesday sleep tip. Sometimes I talk about hypnosis, but a lot of times it's just little videos, like one to three minute videos with little exercises or sleep tips or things like that. So the listeners might be interested in that. It's just at Dr. Diane HJ. So it's D-R-D-Y-A-N-H-J. So it's mm -hmm. another place people can find tips. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, I like your Instagram account. It's helpful. It's got lots of good stuff on it as well as your website. I was looking around your website and it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Kudos to your graphic designer. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very easy to look around and had a lot of great information. I think your blog was, was fun to look at too. So oh. I definitely encourage people to go to your blog and, and read. I really appreciate that, Beth, because when I, when I designed the website, I already have like a full private um, therapy practice. So mm. It was a little crazy to make it. I think the, the website, it's so many pages. Like I think if you actually went through all of the pages or something like 35 pages. It took me four years, but yes, I yeah. did go through the whole thing. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of material there. And I just really wanted people to be able to go to a place where they could pick up resources and learn about hypnosis and just feel like there's like that, like feel how much I care. Like I really want, mm. I, like to me, it's really, it was really about 
building some resources for people where they could learn something and take something away from it and feel like like someone out there who doesn't even know them really cares about them having having something you know i have like a free thing on the website too that people can download it's about sleep and i just really want people to feel like they have a takeaway like they have something that they can do for themselves and um yeah like they're just that, that there's there's connection and caring. And I think that helps with sleep too, right? Yeah. Just sort of feeling like you're cradled in a way. <laughs> yes. And it's um, very like approachable and it, it makes hypnosis seem very attainable or something that we can do easier than we think we can. Yeah. I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to tell us about your course and I know you too, you have like a freebie, you have a free ebook and a video um, yes. that people should download and then tell us about your, your hypnosis package as well. Yeah. Where people can find all of this. Okay. Yes. So there is a free um, ebook and video called the three biggest um, things that cause sleep problems. And the one thing you can do by 3 PM today to sleep better. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, they opt in for that and they get that. Um, eventually they actually can get the sleep package at a third off um, that way, or they can just go to my shop and on my website, which is just www.drdiane.com. And the Diane is D-Y-A-N. So it's D-R-D-Y-A-N.com. And, um, and the, um, the, the Deep and Easy Sleep Self-Hypnosis Package is seven self-hypnosis audios that are downloadable and they range from like 30 minutes down to eight minutes and they do different things like i kind of wanted to design them like a collection so that each one stands on its own but they also work together and you can kind of mix and match them and like they just do different things like the the eight minute one is teaching people a very specific technique um, that they can do if they wake up in the middle of the night and they're having trouble going back to sleep or if they're really like can't stop those busy thoughts and it's a way it's something that they can actually kind of do physically and with a self-hypnosis easy to learn self-hypnosis technique so I love that one it's what I do if I ever um, you know have insomnia or wake up in the night and um, and it comes with two videos that teach people self-hypnosis and explain to them about how to use the audios and how to learn self-hypnosis. And then there's also an ebook that's like this, um, it's like a full color, really easy to read. You know, it's a fast read um, guidebook that teaches them self-hypnosis. It's very similar to the videos. Um, and it's just some people prefer to watch a video rather than read and some people prefer to read it um but anyway it's to teach people this skill so and it's actually got a 60-day money-back guarantee too so i really want people to feel like they're getting the benefit of it and that they can try it without any kind of risk there's a lot of resources on the on the website like i said and um in the blog i've been writing more and more on the blog about um, hypnosis and i'm also a um, vip contributor to ariana huffington's wellness site thriveglobal.com yeah um because you know she's um a great champion of sleep and the importance of sleep 
I believe I read her book. Yes. I listened awesome. to the audio version. I remember so, a lot about um, sleeping pills on, on hers. A lot of yeah. scary stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Sleep, the Sleep Revolution. It's a really good book. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and teaching me something new about sleep and how I can get more of it. I'm definitely going to check everything out. Um, I want everybody to follow you on Instagram and go to your website. DrDiane.com. DrDiane.com. Yes, and actually, if they want to go directly to download the free thing, too, mm -hmm. that is just um, www.selfhypnosisforhealing.com mm -hmm. forward slash sleep. Okay. So you can just get that freebie. And um, it also talks about uh, connecting to your own natural body rhythm and um, a little bit about sleep hygiene, but also mm -hmm. primarily about how to, a little bit more about hypnosis and some of these kinds of things. So I think that might be helpful. It's a good way to start too and just look around the website. For sure. I'm going to put that in, everyone says, it'll be in the show notes. Um, <laughs> and for somebody who doesn't know what that means, the show notes, whatever app you use to listen to this episode, go to the details where I talk about, you know, who's on the podcast for this episode and I'll have links. They will allow us to put links in them that are clickable. So I'm going to put all the links that Dr. Diane's talked about are going to be in there. I love that you explain to people how to get to the show notes because, um, <laughs> because like those of us who are less um, technologically um, uh, sophisticated, <laughs> like myself, I mean, if someone teaches me something, I can do it, but otherwise. Well, I think a lot of sites or a lot of podcasts as well, they do their own show notes. So they go, uh, go to www.com.net.ca slash forward slash backslash, yes. you know, hashtag this and they think by the time I'm home I'm not going to remember yeah you know, how to go to that so it's easy to just go to the app and you downloaded the episode or you listened to it at some point so it's still going to be there and you can just click on it and it's easy to yeah easy to great this is so fun I you know what I usually ask people if they had anything else I wanted to say but I forgot I forgot to ask you that's all right did you have anything else you wanted to add no. No, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Then we won't. We won't add anything. <laughs> Adding nothing. That's it. That's all I have We're to done. say. <laughs> Thank you again to Dr. Diane Haspel Johnson for being my guest. Be sure to check out her many resources, freebies, and hypnosis package at drdiane.com. That's D R D Y A N.com. My book, The Common Cozy Book of Sleep, is out now, and I can't wait to hear what you think. It's currently got four stars on Goodreads, which just blows me away. If you're reading the book, or want to read the book, and feel like you could use some help putting what you're learning into practice, I've got a free book club on Facebook that you can join. Come meet me, and let's get you sleeping, finally. Search Facebook for The Common Cozy Book Club or find the link at sleepcoachbeth.com. Thank you as always for listening. Sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, Mama.